Hey guys, before we jump into the episode, Tony here from Pod Tiki, and want to take care of a little bit of housekeeping first. I just want you guys to please draw your attention to the little icon next to this podcast. You will notice that we have a new logo. It's awesome, right? It's based off of, uh, well, come on, if you ever seen any pictures of me on, on the Instagram, you know it's kind of based off of my style, and it's a tiki mug, which is pretty self-explanatory. But it's, it's an awesome logo. I'm really, really happy with it. I think it's going to look great on stickers and T-shirts and swag and all that kind of stuff. And it is all thanks to our good friend Shay Law over at uh, Shay Law Art. You can find her on Instagram at purple.pirana. That's P-R-P-L dot P-I-R-A-N-A-H. Purple Piranha on Instagram. Uh, Shay Law Art. She is, uh, she's got all her stuff on there, and she is pretty awesome. She worked on that logo for us in a couple of days, knocked it out. It was exactly what I wanted, did a couple of versions of it, and she can do anything you want as well. She's also done stuff for my lovely fiancé at Faith Kelly Music, so she is really, really good, and we owe her a lot of thanks for taking care of that for us, and hopefully we'll see that on some stickers and swag soon. The other thing I wanted to tell you guys all about is if you head over now to podtiki.com, you will see that I've redone the old Share Your Buzz website to um, to uh, portray more of the to, to be all about Podtiki. It's a Podtiki website now. You might still see the Share Your Buzz domain name up top, but Podtiki will podtiki.com will take you there. And um, so for now, until we have everything officially switched over, that will. That will be our home base website, that and our Instagram page. Um, probably more cooler stuff on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page now. If you're more into um, following stuff on Facebook, if that's how you get your media, then we have a Facebook page. I'm, I just started it, so it doesn't have much on it yet, but I'm going to be uploading all of the videos and things that I had on Instagram up there for some stuff. And maybe in the future we'll do some cool stuff like... Um, like some Facebook living of episodes and things like that as I, as I record them. If you want to get a little early take on the episode, I can Facebook Live it. Uh, we'll do some stuff like that. Any suggestions you guys might have, please, please, please rate and review and uh, just have some have some influence on the show. Have some have some involvement. Please have some involvement. Have some go back and forth. Leave comments, uh, like, share, all that great stuff. We love when you guys do that, and by we, I mean me, and of course, my lovely fiance, which is the rest of the Pod Tiki team. Haven't come up with a name or a backstory for the logo yet, so I'm looking for looking for some suggestions out there. If you guys want to hit me up with a name for the logo, uh, we'll, uh, we'll put you on the list to get something special when I get some stuff made up. Um, the only other thing I have that I wanted to touch on is that we now have more options to find us. You don't have to go through the website anymore and stream it. You can now go through uh, Spotify. We are now on Spotify at Podtiki. You can find us. All the episodes are up there. We am still working on getting stuff on iTunes and probably like Podbean and Stitcher and stuff like that. If you guys have any of the podcast aggregate apps that you use that you would like to find us on give me a heads up because i'm not really up on all of them i go with like i know itunes and spotify are the ones that i mainly use um google if you guys anybody i don't know 
Look, I'm a Google guy. I, I have all my stuff as Google, but does anybody really use Google Podcasts? I don't know. If you, if you do, please hit me up. Let me know. So once again, thank you to Shaylaw Art. Thank you to um, Spotify for hosting us. And PodTiki.com is now up. So without further ado, we'll take a brief moment of silence and get up into this episode. Thank you very much. Tiki is not simply just the abject milieu we think of. Repugnant-faced totems, hanging paper lanterns, thatched roofs, and Hawaiian print cabana shirts. Tiki is an idea that fantastical notions do exist. Exotic, erotic, quixotic jumbles of war, splash, shake, shake, bubba ba ooh la la. We call it escapism. But mankind longed for the luxury of modality centuries before the Marquesas ever canoed over to Hawaii, taking those lessons of Icarus and fashioning a way to discover the magic of the unknown. What is magic but an abstract thought? When we find a way to transform abstract thought into reality, we call it science. Our forebears' dreams, wild and untethered by the burdens of knowledge, blinked away on some ancient flaxen sunrise become realized in our modern ho-hum-diddy-tomorrow-and-tomorrow-and-tomorrow creeping. The deliquescence of folly has left our dreams not full of unicorns and woodland nymphs, but binary code and artificial intelligence. Perhaps we should work on perfecting organic intelligence first. But alas, there was a time in the not-so-long-ago which was the province of both fantasy and technology industry and innovation in a time when the sky ceased to be the limit. Ladies and gentlemen, please return your seats and tray tables to their full upright position. Make sure to grab a shaker and plenty of ice. And most of all, hold back the urge to sexually harass your flight attendants because after all, we're going back to pre-prohibition and taking a flight of fancy with the aviation cocktail. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, my name is Tony. Thank you for joining me on Pod Tiki. The dawn of the 20th century, the U.S. stood in the aftermath of Industrial Revolution, upon the precipice of an history-altering world war, and unfortunately, sort of, the intemperance movement. I say sort of because, hot take of the day, Prohibition actually did a great job of culling the chaff for weird cocktails. Think of the Volstead act like your Netflix algorithm for shitty drinks. Weeding out the rom-coms so we can get to the next episode of Airbender or Love on the Spectrum. Ever had a drink called Conductor's Eye Water? No? Well, you can thank Prohibition for that, because it's gross. The early 1900s was a time of wonder, world's fairs, and testing the boundaries of what mankind could and would do for decades to come. Two of those visionaries were Orville and Wilbur Wright. You may have heard of them. By 1905, the old Wright bros had accomplished what many before said humans were never meant to do. Fly. Subsequently making them the most prolific team of brothers in the 20th century outside of Mario and Luigi. But of course, before we got to widespread advances in quality of life for all, flight was a nascent folly of the rich. By mid-century, though, Pan Am and the like had made air travel more attainable. 
Congruently, the likes of Errol Flynn made pencil-thin mustaches more attainable, while gracing the shores of burgeoning Caribbean getaways. Now, when your head was in the clouds, your feet could follow. There remains always an air of luxury in flight, though, pun intended. Errol Flynn would be aghast at seeing how slovenly people dressed at airports nowadays, and in place of an emotional support animal, he probably would have brought along a questionably aged uh, emotional support Hollywood mistress? Whatever. Those swanky metal bullet passenger flights from the U.S. to the Caribbean greatly contribute to the inextricable link between aviation and tikidom. Forever tethered by the bond of colonialism, that clash of Americana and Caribbeana resulted in what would eventually serve as the basis of our beloved Bacchanal. For a bit of pa-tiki Easter egg, my grandpa was actually a biplane pilot. Although I never got to fly with him, he bestowed upon me something that remains part of my style to this day. Old school aviators. From a real pilot. Gold wire frame and green teardrop lenses. Loops around the ears kept them from flying off in an open air cockpit. His sunglasses on this small child's face gave me those great big bug eyes. It's why I wear them today and it's the reason why the Tiki logo is wearing aviators. Another boon of early Americana was cocktail culture. Before Prohibition, pseudo-mixology was running rampant as flagpole sitting. It's a real thing, look it up. This led to some abominations, but a few strong swimmers persisted, surviving not only Prohibition, but well into our modern-day quaff-bearded, derby-hat-wearing, I-think-these-jeans-are-making-me-impotent, hipster-laden speakeasy revivals. While the daiquiri, mojito, and planter's punch were gathering speed in the Caribbean, the Mai Tais and zombies captured the imagination of a post-war generation. Sazeracs kept court in the South. All the while, our faithful standards held on for dear life, like Leonardo and Titanic. Old-fashioned, Manhattan, Negroni. These were genre-defining cocktails, and no other represents the imagination, elucidation, and determination of spirit, like the aviation. The Wallach Hotel in New York City. That's where a German immigrant named Hugo Enslin was head bartender in 1916 when he published the succinctly titled Recipes for Mixed Drinks. Not much is known about Enslin's life on the other side of the bar, but he is credited as creating the aviation cocktail as his book contains the first written recipe. Like in anything worth claiming, there are some who argue of earlier versions, but we end up with another situation of only so many ingredients and only so many combinations. The power of marketing was not lost on enterprising bartenders of the day. Hugo Enslin raised an eyebrow to people's fascination with these newfangled flying contraptions and created a drink to match the clear, pale sky. Naming the aviation was a no-brainer. Enslin used creme de violet, a French liqueur made by flavoring base spirit with violet flower. And I'm sorry if I'm not saying that right, my French is not up to par. Um, this giving his concoction its signature pastel U. Adjusting the amount of creme de violet renders anything from cloudy opaque to straight up purple. This is redolent of how Harry Yee used blue curacao to match his blue Hawaii to the color of the Pacific Ocean. Sadly, by the 1930s, creme de violet was all but ex- extinct in the U.S. The popular Savoy cookbook, uh, I'm sorry, the popular Savoy cocktail book by Harry Craddock, omitted the violet 
increasing some other ingredients, adjusting the drink to the palate of the day. This kind of defeated the namesake and didn't much differentiate the aviation from a sweet martini. In fact, as Ted Hyde points out in Vintage Spirits and Forgotten Cocktails, quote, substitute lime for the lemon and rum for the gin, and you have a La Floridita daiquiri, unquote. Thus, the creme de violette is necessary to make a true aviation. Which brings us to my favorite part of the show. Because, like Grandma always said, never leave your teenage daughters unsupervised around Errol Flynn. Oh, wait, 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 hold on. That's not it. Oh, here it is. Let's make a drink! Ooh. Gin tends to be pretty divisive. I don't run into too many people who kind of like gin. Even among gin lovers, the debate is always more versus less floral. Gin, much like rum, is a highly malleable spirit. I happen to enjoy a bright botanical gin, heavy on the juniper, but balanced. For this, I prefer a classic London dry gin. Keep in mind, London dry denotes style, not provenance. A London dry style gin can be produced anywhere. I always made the mistake of believing gin was a Dutch invention. Apparently, its origins lay instead in Italy, from where monks and, quote, alchemists spread throughout France and then the Netherlands. I love the idea of gin distillation being classified as alchemy. Take a whiff of some potent botanicals and one can understand why. But juniper-based liqueur did settle, um, sorry, liquor did settle in the Netherlands where the Dutch made Genever from juniper berries and grains. Think juniper moonshine. Juneshine. The British eventually began distilling Jennifer with any old raw material they can get their rosy noses into, mixing in new botanicals like anise and citrus, and we got gin. The Brits loved gin so much they actually experienced their own version of prohibition. Purportedly, consumption was so prevalent that the Gin Act of 1751 banned distillation of grains because they drank all the grain. Quote, a fine spindle-shanked generation, unquote, said Daniel Defoe. I have no idea what that means, but it sounds most scurrilous indeed. For this cocktail, I stuck with good old Beefeater London Dry. Bombay's standard London Dry works very well, too. I wouldn't use Bombay Sapphire. Sapphire is my go-to for martinis when it only has to play nice with one other ingredient, but the botanicals are a bit tame to stand up to the other flavors in an aviation. Speaking of the titular cocktail, there is actually a New Age American gin named Aviation. Its recipe is said to have been distilled distinctly for use in this rejuvenated tipple of old. Honestly, I find it a bit heavy on the anise, which doesn't blend well with the other sweet cherry and flower flavors. My take on gin is that it should be bright, crisp, and taste aromatic AF. <clears throat> the next ingredient is maraschino liqueur. I stick with the industry standard here in the U.S., Luxardo brand. It's the same maraschino liqueur based, um, used in the Floridita daiquiri and is always great to have on hand. It's about $35 a bottle, but should last quite a while since most, most cocktails only call for a small amount. For context, the bottle I used for this recipe is the same I used for the aforementioned daiquiri episode, so it lasts a while depending on your drinking habits. You'll need some fresh squeezed lemon juice. Now, whether Prohibition era or Tiki, most gin-based cocktails will utilize lemon rather than lime. Lemon being the brighter, lighter, and less smoky of the two mixes better with the floral notes of gin. Finally, the once elusive, still kind of got to track it down depending on where you live, creme de violet. 
made by steeping violet petals in a base spirit and adding sweetener. Creme de Violet offers not just a unique flavor profile, but teases the senses with an aromatic bouquet while offering a bit of je ne sais quoi to your imbibing experience. The French know how to make liqueurs, and this is not the first time we've come across a spirited French-Dutch team-up. Check out the Margarita episode for a dive into Curacao. The creme in Creme de Violet, Creme de Menthe, and many other cremes de this or that actually refers to the added sugar, giving the liquid a smooth, creamy texture. It's a bit of a stretch, but the French, not known for their subtlety. The aviation was already a go-to in my household before I decided to do an episode on it. But alas, for the sanctity of research and diligence, it was indeed necessary to try a lot of variations. Ah, the, the things we do for science. And science, chemistry really, is the right term. Alchemy, even. The difference in recipes comes from minute adjustments and measurements purely. Save the Savoy version, which omits Violet, I find that seriously lacking in both complexity and tradition. Here is the standard recipe. Two ounces London dry gin, three quarter ounce fresh lemon juice, one teaspoon maraschino liqueur, and one teaspoon creme de violet. Shake vigorously with lots of ice and a cobbler shaker. Cobbler shaker would be your standard metal martini shaker. I like it for this cocktail both in style and to keep the drink ice cold. Double strain with a fine strainer to keep the ice chunks out into a coupe or a cocktail glass. I like a, a nice coupe. This will give you a well-balanced aviation. Approachable enough for everyone while highlighting all the complexity of botanical gin with cherry and violet flower. For a sweeter version, up the maraschino liqueur to half ounce. For a more floral version, up the violet to half ounce. This will turn the drink more purple than pale sky, but highlights the flower notes. Personally, I prefer to highlight the gin notes. Thus, I half the liqueurs. This would be closest to Hugo Enslin's original Prohibition version. This makes it a really, really nice pale pastel sky color, which makes you really feel like you're among the clouds. It goes two ounces of your favorite gin. I stick with beef eater three-quarter ounce of fresh lemon juice, a half teaspoon of maraschino liqueur, and a half teaspoon of creme de violet. Well, there it is, fellas and fellettes. But of course, it would not be an episode of Pod Tiki without the ever-present controversy and sphering classic cocktails. That's correct. There are some out there who deem the aviation just another hipster speakeasy fad resurrected to fill out menus in the Prohibition cocktail phase. I first encountered this drink in the now-defunct Priming Cigar Lounge in Nashville, Tennessee, where my buddy and then-head bartender Jacob Forth brought it back to life and made it a favorite cigar pairing. Speaking of which, if you follow me or the podcast at Rum Poet or at Pod Tiki, you may notice me puffing on the Aviator Cigar by Principal Cigars. Owner Darren Chaffee does a wonderful job of exemplifying the age of fancy flight in his Art Deco branding, although... The Aviator shares a cognomen commonality with our subject. I think the perfect cigar pairing for this cocktail is actually the Principal Cigars KBF Limited Edition. The smooth, rich, creamy aged Dominican tobacco lends itself nicely to the sweet floral botanicals in the Aviation cocktail. Along with the old fashioned, the Aviation is a leader in the cocktail renaissance. It's amazing this time we live in. Orville Wright died in 1948. 
That means my father was alive at the same time as the guy who invented aeroplanes. Now I can fly from Tennessee to Florida to go visit him in 90 minutes. Not to mention, thanks to the wonderful cocktail historians out there, we can drink like our forebears. It's not about catching a buzz. It's not about looking cool in a speakeasy-style bar. No, it's about sharing an experience with the men and women of over a hundred years ago. Because we all deal with pandemics, frustration, euphoria, love, and all the vicissitudes of this crazy life. So remember to be kind and love one another. And hey, they may not carry creme de violette on your next Southwest flight, but I suppose at 38,000 feet, any drink is an aviation. Please visit podtiki.com and follow at rum underscore poet and at pod underscore tiki on Instagram. The sources for this episode were imbibe.com, differedsguide.com, the, thedrinkshop.com, and Wikipedia, as well as Vintage Spirits and Forgotten Cocktails by Ted High. I want to thank all you guys for listening, and of course, the most important the most important source for this episode, which is my life <laughs> of, of going through these cocktails and finding out, um, pairing them and trying them and really um, finding a love for the experience of sharing that may some of us may not have too much of these days. So hopefully this podcast gives you a little bit of time to kill and put you a little bit back in the mood for, for getting back out there when things become safe again. And if you are getting back out there right now, please take the precautions, respect each other, and once again, most of all, be safe, and thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time on Pod Tiki.